The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. This, now, this is the kind of slice that I would like with you all this. this like all the icing. All the icing. Now, oh that, now there, look at this. This is somebody knows how to cut cake. <laughs> Next, join James and Betty as they celebrate their anniversary and share insights from 53 years of marriage. We really, we absolutely crazy about each other. I mean, it's not, it's not a front. Yeah. We have fun together. Well, you know, because of God and Him in the center of our relationship, that love has grown, and it just gets better as the years go by. Sheila Walsh, and before you panic and go flicking for the channel looking for James and Betty, they are here with me because this is a very, very special day. This day, even though we're going to be taping shows all week, this is the actual day of their 53rd wedding anniversary. Pretty amazing, huh? <laughs> so we are so excited that you are here, and I am thrilled beyond belief that I get the opportunity, the privilege of interviewing you. But let me just ask, first of all, that's quite a cake you've got there. Uh, I think yeah. that's bigger than the we actually <laughs> had in our wedding. It's, it's a whole lot bigger. I think we may have a, a picture of it uh, back here. In this oh. cake, see it over here, right over our, our shoulder. And uh, obviously, we're eating some of it. I think I have the bigger piece, obviously. <laughs> and then you can see some of the other pictures. You'll see Betty uh, and I standing there by the cake. As you then, look at those, the James and Betty, you know, what, what memories come flooding back? when you look at these photos. Oh, wow. You know, you know, but one thing, there's probably one or two other pictures. That's the whole album. You know, we could, that's all we could that's afford. We could afford. Yeah. Wow. Now, the cake was uh, uh, provided by her mother who worked at a bakery, mm -hmm. and the flowers were provided by uh, one of the children of the foster parents who had given me a home because they owned a florist. So that's how we got, got that. That's the original uh, a little top knot that's on there, the little uh, top uh, de decorative piece. Wow. And Betty said it looked like it needed to maybe be bleached out to match the cake. It's, uh, <laughs> I said, well, it's just off-white. 53 you know, we, years old is pretty good. Yeah, off-white. But anyway, the picture, you see Betty and me standing there together, that beautiful bride, and I'm quite trim there. And then you can uh, see that uh, I was 6'3 then. Uh, probably weighed about 185, and You're still now, 6'3". Still 6'3", and we won't, we won't discuss the rest. But then there we are with Reverend Hale that I called uh, Pop and Dad and, uh, and the Bible. And, you know, I, I want to just pause a moment, if, if it's okay, and I want to thank God for the 53 years. Father, I thank you for 53 years with this beautiful, beautiful treasure. Lord, the greatest strength apart from your spirit in my life and the incredible blessing that she's been as she's lifted me up. Thank you for her. And Father, I pray for every person right now that is, is perhaps struggling or, or hurt in some way related to their relationship or maybe they've lost a partner. God, I'm asking you to use the program today and all week to really be able to lift people up into your arms where they feel closer to you than they've ever been, whatever the need. And Lord, if you would just do the miracle to, 
to bring about the relationship that you long for for everyone and that we have at least been able to experience and express gratitude for, Lord. I'd be so grateful to you if you'd do that for our viewers. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Sheila. It sure is good to have you you here with us. I don't know how many of you know, but Sheila's full-time with Life Today now and full-time with the, with the stream and Life Outreach. Would you like to just say praise God and thank you, Sheila. We're so glad. I have a real job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I let some of our Facebook family know that I was going to have this opportunity, and I asked them were the things they would like to ask you. And one of the questions, somebody, one of the viewers said, you know, I watch James and Betty all the time, and they seem to genuinely love each other. Would you ask them, is that the way things really are? Or do you just manage to, you know, get together for, for the show and then afterwards you drive home in separate vehicles? <laughs> Neither one of us are very good actors. Uh, we can't pretend. Uh, matter of fact, we don't hold our feelings when we have a heated discussion, which we have them frequently still. And the beautiful thing about it is that they actually become uh, something to laugh about because we have such love. I just get to watch her, that smile. She just disarms me, she just wipes me out. But- uh, I need to use that more when I want to- Yeah, smile, smile, Betty. It, it works, it definitely, <laughs> well, it definitely works. But, but we really, we absolutely crazy about each other. I mean, it's not, it's not a front. Yeah. We have fun together. Well, you know, at 19, that's pretty young, we got married and we loved each other, each other as much as we knew how to love. But because of God and him in the center of our relationship, that love has grown and it just gets better as the years go by. It really, it really does. Someone wrote and said, you know, um, when I got married, I thought my husband would be this, and I thought he would be that, and I thought he'd heal this, and it's not happened. What kind of expectations did you have, Betty, entering into marriage? Well, I think that's probably the way with a lot of women when they first get married. You know, they're knight in shining armor, and he is my, my shining <laughs> knight. You know, you, I thought when I came into the marriage, he's going to be all my joy, all my peace. He's going to just be there at my beck and call, you know, and he's going to make me feel safe and secure. And he, he did all these things, but you never can live up to it because, you know, it's too much pressure to put on one person. But I had to find that relationship with God first. I knew him, but my relationship had not grown as it should. And when I got in the right place, God first, and then my husband, I could love him better. And it helped him because it took the pressure off of him to hand one didn't have to be all things to me. One of the things that I think is that marriage is the ideal place for us to learn who we really are mm -hmm. at our core. Because you can't just, as you say, you're not good at pretending. I know that about you both. You're two of the most genuine, real, loving, compassionate people I've ever known. But, you know, in a marriage, who you are is gonna come to the surface. Mm -hmm. So what do you say to, maybe a husband or wife are watching in right now and thinking, you know what, I wish I could say that was true. But um, disappointment for me is greater than, than any pluses the marriage is. What do, you, what do you say to people who think, I'm not sure we're gonna make I, it? I think we really understood the wedding vows that we were in a commitment, first to God, then to one another, and that it was for better or worse, rich or poor, which definitely started with <laughs> poor. poor. And, uh, and we never pursued things, we pursued God together. I think that I was, because I was a fatherless child, she had a home, but her dad didn't lead. 
Uh, he had a drinking problem. Mine was a missing father who had raped my mother. So I lived in a very dysfunctional situation. I did not know anything about how to, let's say, behave as a, as a, a husband should initially. I just loved her. But I was called to preach, and God gifted me in such a way that it was, it was indescribable the way he blessed it. And I really loved God, and I really loved people. And just to be honest with you, Sheila, from the get-go, I think I began to neglect my focus and responsibility. I don't even think I saw it clearly. And I was very much committed to athletics and sports, and I would go out and hang with the guys. The day we got married, which is hard to believe, I played in the state championship basketball game earlier that day. And you're still here, Betty. What a woman. What a woman. Exactly. So, and the thing about it is, I, I, I don't think I was sensitive like I needed to be. And, and I had so much to learn. I'm 72 years old now, and I'm still on the learning journey. I will say that I was a, a person anxious to learn. I do think that I was one that could be taught when you would reach out to me in love or point something out. And we got to where we could share. If, if I hurt her and she didn't understand or she shared her feelings, I didn't just walk off. She also learned right up front that if she... Didn't see you be getting through. Yeah, I could pout. <laughs> you disappeared to pout. I disappeared Spiritual to pout. Spiritual gift of pouting. Yes, yes, I definitely had that down. And that was one thing that we got straight first really? off in our in our marriage was he said, we will not have powders around this house. Now that's great because you're actually <laughs> grabbing hold of something in the beginning stages and not allowing it to become a pattern. I knew that, that we couldn't settle anything if she just disappeared. And I knew well, that... Well, I wasn't a confronter. Yeah. yeah. Seething and, and that settling in was going to do irreparable damage. And, and if she didn't come back, I'd say, come back in here. You know, she didn't mind me, you know, like I'm sure you always have when you, your husband says something to you. But I, I would go to her and I would say, come here now, look at me. And we're going to talk. And, and that pattern has never changed. Matter of fact, we had a little disagreement this week. She disappears around the corner, headed to the bedroom. I said, stop, <laughs> stop. So she stops. I said, turn around this way. Look, look here. Let's come in. Let's sit down and talk. And you did, right? I did. And we got happy in just a few minutes, right? That's right. Well, you know, I totally get that, Betty. <laughs> I totally get the walking off and I just don't want to deal with this right now. It's not good. Also, when we'd have disagreements, I felt like he was the master of words, you know? Yeah. And I'd say, okay, I quit. You know, right. you, I can't out-talk you. I can't out I can't win this battle. And he had a little way of sometimes when he was pretty clever, even if it was his fault, he made it. He made me think it was my fault. Yeah, she said. She said. She was said. Pretty good you, at that. you have learned how to apologize in, in such, a such a way as to make me know it was my fault. She said, "You are the master of it," and I had to go ahead and grin. <laughs> but you know, here's the deal: we are laughing about this because it. it we just don't let that that seething stay. It's worse than a disease. Yeah. And I, mean, I would say one of the great things that happened to us is that we recognized we had to communicate openly and honestly from the get-go. Well, my older sister, one thing she did, she helped me in preparation before the wedding and everything. And uh, she, she told me, she said, I'm going to give you some advice. She said, 
please, in that scripture where it says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. She said, that is so true. If you let it happen, there's something that happens to the spirit. The spirit, if you do, it hardens the heart and it makes it harder to break through and to come to a good conclusion. You can come to a, a good conclusion in that we'll agree to disagree. Right. But don't go to bed angry with one another. You yeah, know, we, I, we never have gone to bed uh, so go to sleep angry. We've gone three weeks without well, sleep. <laughs> no. That is not true. I know that's not true. But there's something about what you say, even though, as you say, we are laughing, it's a huge issue. Yeah, it is. Because my husband has said to me at times, you know, Sheila, you're very clever with your words, but sometimes it would be more important to me that you be kind than you be right. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that can be a real issue in a marriage. Well, I think that when we both realize very early that we need to listen to whatever, each one's heart, yeah. not just the words that are being spoken, and that way it would make us pause before we spoke because really speak from your heart. And I tried to hear his heart, and he tried so hard to hear my heart too. And it really made a difference. We're determined it changed to the that. whole makeup yeah. of the history. There's a determination, and those of you who are, who are looking in. I don't, I don't know where you are, but I have said this many times on Life Today or if I'm speaking in a public setting, that when I talk about the blessings of God on our life or our family, and I say it with the greatest gratitude one could ever have in their heart, I always think about, sadly, the majority of people sitting out in front of me can't say that. They don't have a joyful relationship or their children are not necessarily walking in such a way that they can just simply give praise because they've got a heavy heart of concern. And, and one of the things that, that I, I would like to say to you is that wherever you are in your journey, if you would just make up your mind, I'm going to seek God with all my heart, I'm going to pray, I'm going to trust the other person that I'm concerned about into the hands of God, one of the things I feel like that you learned was that you could not correct the issues in my life. You had to turn me over to someone much greater, much more able to shape right. me than you Absolutely. were. And I think a lot of a lot of women, women go into a marriage and they, they might see some of the things they wish were different, you know, mm -hmm. and they think, oh, well, I can change that. Yeah. You can't. Mm -hmm. It has to be God that does those changes. But the thing that helps is, is if you don't try to, as a wife, mother that husband, because that won't work either. You've got to leave it in the hands of God and say, God, let me be the example that would make him want to change. And the change has to start here first. You know, I hope you're taking notes, people, because this is, this is good stuff. And you talked, James, about the fact that you were able to say to Betty, you know, stop and turn around. One of the things I know in my own life is when we come into marriage, we come in with a lot of baggage, more than just the luggage we have at the honeymoon. You know, we have all our hidden baggage. Mm -hmm. And if you've had a bad relationship with your father or no relationship, that could be hard to hear. Because I think sometimes husbands and wives, we respond in a way that we're not actually responding to each other. We're responding out of years of stuff. How were you able, Betty, to hear James's heart and not just as words. Well, it, it was a, a journey too. You know, it doesn't just happen. It takes time. And God had to get my attention first. 
He said, if you want him to, you know, to hear you, you've got to hear me first. Wow. And, you know, that, that makes a difference. I, he had to get my attention first because we have, we've had those times when we just shout at one another, you know, words just flying and even say some words we didn't mean yeah. really and have to come back and apologize for that, you know. So it, it takes a, 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 there's a process there. You know, I'm so strong and forceful, as you can easily oh, tell. Really? You can make, a, <laughs> make a point. I've been often wrong, but never in doubt, everybody says. <laughs> but the thing is that I would make my point so strongly, and because she's very, she, she's like a rose. You could, you could bruise her. She's, she's delicate, and and I would see that I'm, I, I am hurting her, and I, I would pull back. But what happened to her is she would begin to come back as forceful as me, I mean, like a tiger, and she would be coming to me so strong, I'd start clapping for her. I'd start cheering. Come on, Betty. Go, girl. And she was really And you know what that on. does to a disagreement. It's just so hard to keep arguing no, the, the clapping thing about right it now. Is that, that we, yeah, we really could cheer for one another in, in the way we're trying to make our case. I mean, I... I am her greatest cheerleader, no question about it, even when she's setting me straight. So <laughs> I, I just wish, listen to me, I wish you could just have this joy together in the relationship, and you can, but it's a, it's a spiritual thing. It's something God does. You have this fantastic book, Living in Love, and one of the things you talk about, I think it's in chapter four, is the difference about entering a marriage and thinking this is a covenant or this is a, a contract. contract. Mm -hmm. That's a huge distinction. Let's talk about that in the next program. Can we do that? Let's talk about that in the next program, because <laughs> apparently we don't have enough time in this program. Do you, you know why I'm saying that? Someone just gave me this notice, and here's the thing. Our viewers know, with no exaggeration, we want to be a blessing to you. Sheila, we are thrilled when you would come with the women of faith or others, you would come and share something God had put on your heart because it ministered to people. We have tried to share the very best in the body of Christ with everyone God wants to put his arms around and reach out to. And so our viewers have learned, you have learned this, they want to touch someone with the love of God. This happens to be the last week of our mission feeding emphasis where we need to raise a tremendous amount of money to care for 400,000 children. So that's the reason I said, can we talk about that tomorrow? And you've watched what we're doing. You know, your son came in here when he was very young with a whole bag of money, and he had been raising money to help us feed children and take care of them. So you've been watching what we're doing for a long time. It's, I don't think there's anything that blesses me more about your ministry than the way that you have eternally impacted the lives of millions and millions of children, and you've never stopped. You keep going. People are on the road at the moment doing this. Well, we can only do it because of our viewers. I want you to look in on what I believe will be one of the most moving moments you've ever witnessed. And what I'd like you to do, because we've actually been praying that we might be able to touch you in your relationship, however damaged it may be, however stressed or strained a situation may be in your family, that somehow during the course of this week and in this program, you might be encouraged and you might be blessed. At the same time, I think many of you would like to reach out and become the needed miracle that you really can be in a very serious situation. Watch this very closely. Just a few minutes ago, we rolled into this village, a very small village. I asked how many lived in this village in an estimate of over 500 people. Then we asked any women that had lost a child to come over, and here they are. 
This group of women have lost over 150 children. It's not a club you want to be in. It's just not right. They died because they didn't have enough food. Nowhere in our world today should women expect to lose a child to malnutrition for lack of food. I just went past each one of these ladies and asked them individually to show me how many babies they'd lost. To lose one child would devastate you for life. But these women together have lost 150, many five, many over five. I went one by one and looked each woman in their eye and held the fingers of the number of children they lost. And I said, please heal them, Lord, and please don't let another child die in this village. She's lost eight children. I mean, can you see in her eyes? We, as a body of believers, are for justice. And part of justice is making things like this stop, making the death cycle in a village like this stop. And if we have in our ability to change something, we should do it. We must do it and be a part of making this cycle end. Oh, Janice, I know you're watching the program. That was Janice that was uh, holding that lady's fingers representing babies. The way Janice held her hand was, was tender and caring that I somehow identify with the pain. And we want to stop the cycle. And Betty, we've been able to stop the cycle in so many areas miraculously. The thing you need to understand is it's been more than 25 years that we have been reaching out. Many of the children whose lives we save are now leaders in a community. They are teachers, some of them are professors. And many of them are in some form of law enforcement for their own nation and country. And we have seen nations totally transformed by the power of love. One of the uh, examples is Mozambique. A miracle took place there, and I'm talking a big miracle. And you are the reason that that took place. The African government, every one of them have reported to us that you have saved millions of our children's lives. So who did that? God did that through people who wanted to reach out in love. And Betty, I'm believing that every single viewer this last week right now of Mission Feeding, this particular emphasis, that every viewer will help and I believe make the gift so we can share life and food with these children. James, our friends have been so faithful. You really have. You've really come up and filled the need with your love, your support, and we thank you so very much. This is important. These children don't have to die because of lack of food. We can help these mothers. Can you imagine losing eight children? I, one, I, we've lost one, and it's so heartbreaking. But I can't even imagine the burden that that mother carries. And could be others dying if we can't reach out and help them with the food. So please join us. Let's, let's make the difference in the lives of these mothers to see their children smile. You know what it's like to have a child to smile, at, smile back at you. Well, I believe the miracle's gonna occur. This is the last week now of our emphasis. And we've got 400,000 children that are now organized in areas where we can feed them. The missionaries and relief workers are there. We are the ones that give them the food to distribute. Would you right now please go to lifetoday.org or dial the number there. People are calling today asking throughout the program to pray for their marriage, to pray for someone in their family, and rightly so. And that call is paid for by love. Well, would you also call right now 
to say, I want to make a gift or go online. A gift of 30, 50, or $100. We can feed three, five, or 10 children for the next several months. But a group of our friends have said they will match what you give to care for 50,000 children, which means that what you give will be double. 30, 50, 100 will feed six, 10, or 20 now. So it actually doubles in its effect. We want to send you to say thank you. Sheila Walsh was kind enough to comment on how she thought the book would bless you. We will send the book Living in Love to help you live in the power of God's love and in your relationship and find encouraging words for you and perhaps someone else you want to share it with. We'll send that just to say thank you for any gift. We also have the beautiful bronze for those of you who will reach out with a gift of $1,000 to now not just care for 100 children, but now for 200. So whatever God puts on your heart, please make that gift in love. Lifetoday.org or dial the number there on the screen and let us know what you're sending if you write a check made to life. Thank you for doing it. In remote and impoverished areas of Angola, Africa, families are suffering. Crops have failed. There is no food. And those hit the hardest are the children. In response to this crisis, Life Outreach has received a 50,000 children challenge that with your help will feed and minister to 100,000 children over the next few months. With previous food reserves gone and Angola facing a severe food shortage due to crop failure, this challenge could not have come at a better time. To help replenish supplies for the feeding programs touching the lives of children across Angola, Mozambique, and Sudan. The 50,000 Children Challenge means more children can be saved and your gift will have a double impact, helping to feed twice as many children. Your gift of $30 to help feed three children will now be double to help feed six children. Gifts of $50 to help feed five children will be double to help save 10. And gifts of $100 for 10 children will be double to help feed and care for 20 children. And with a gift of $1,000 or more, you can double your impact to help feed 200 children and also request the Majesty Bronze Sculpture featuring a beautiful buck in regal stance, reflecting God's presence and majesty in all the earth. This is the last week. Please call the number seen here, write life, or go online today to lifetoday.org and make your life-saving double impact gift today. You know, I was saying to my husband this afternoon, I wish I could think of something to give to James and Betty as, as a gift on their anniversary. And Barry said, why don't we feed some more children? And I just thought about the same, I bet you wish you could give them something. Mm. Do you know what would bless them more than anything? If you were gonna give 30, give 33, give 40. It will be a way of saying to James and Betty, through all these years, you've ministered to us, and on this day of your anniversary, we wanna give back through feeding children. Yeah, you know, that's a great thought because in 53 years, and I just said you give $50, it, it'll feed five children. Well, make it 53, it'll be doubled. And you know what? That would actually now then double to $100 and six bowls when you take those extra. So that's not a bad thought. <laughs> By the way, we're going to send the book to say thank you. And uh, our staff has asked that Betty and I come up here and cut this cake. So we're, uh, we're going to do that. And uh, all of you keep your seats. But we are going to be able to... Uh, I don't want you to rush rush the cake here. Be careful. You don't want me to handle knives. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good sight that she has a knife. It, it's it's pretty dangerous. This now this is the kind of slice that I would like with you all this. this like all the icing. All the icing. Now, oh that, now there, look at this. This is somebody knows how to cut cake. <laughs> that would.
would be my peace. Thank all of you for watching Life Today. We hope you'll be with us all week. God bless you. Thank all of you for being here. Sheila, thank you. Tomorrow on Life Today, James and Betty explain the impact of understanding that a marriage is held together by a covenant, not a contract. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.